Welcome to Spew Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Queerness and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender and my daughter Abby Cadabby has nonverbal autism. And I now call this eighth meeting of Spew to order. Everybody, welcome back. Hello, Lavender. Hi, Queerness. Good to talk to you again. Yeah. What, what, what's, what's up in your neck of the woods? What is up in my neck of the woods? Let's see. Not a lot. We're just preparing for back to school and just trying to enjoy the little bit of summer we have left. We've got plans to go to the zoo this month. All kinds of fun stuff. Do you not have season passes? Not this year. This is the first year that we didn't get season passes. Oh. Okay. It we we should have though. We we regret that very much. This month has not been as stressful as I would have expected, but it's been stressful. I've been play rehearsal pretty much every day. Like a good stress? Sure. <laughs> that that's probably a thing. The kind of stress that just keeps you so busy that you don't really realize you're stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you have been busy, though. <laughs> yeah, so busy that this week, this month's notes is just kind of a list of random names. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about our important dates. Um, okay. August 11th is Ginny Weasley's birthday. Yep. August 22nd is Percy Weasley's birthday. A lot of Weasley birthdays. And and I see you put August 23rd is Lavender's birthday. Is that your birthday? It is. You were born three days before Dolores Umbridge. I noticed that as well and almost didn't put that in the notes. Especially because at the time of making these notes, I was reading the book with Dolores Umbridge. And I really didn't want to even give her a mention. But she's just a nice lady doing her job. I guess. With Death Eaters. Yes. And bad prejudices. And and Dementors. She's just a horrible person. She was. <laughs> she 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 went to Azkaban. Did she? No. I think yeah. Did she? I don't I don't that, I think that may have been one of those things that was not actually in the books, but she did go to Azkaban. Hmm. I knew she was in St. Mungo's. Moving on from that. Moving on. Sadness and death and horrible, horrible people. What are we talking about this month, Queerness? What are we talking about this month? We're talking about um, people being diagnosed when they're not diagnosed. So, unofficial (laughs) diagnosis. (laughs) Unofficial diagnoses. Is that like squibs? That's not like squibs. Mm, No, being a squib is pretty official, I think. (laughs) (laughs) muggles all right so i guess the first thing i want to talk about here is bill gates because bill gates was when i was first diagnosed bill gates was presented as here is a famous person who's made a lot of money and has asperger's syndrome and i have never heard this before 
This is a thing that I've heard kind of used as a here's a famous person who has it type thing. Right, an inspiration story. Yeah, except he was not officially ever diagnosed. He was diagnosed by a Time Magazine article. And this is how ridiculous these comparisons are. They Basically, they decided he was autistic because he has a trampoline in his house and autistic people like to bounce. Oh, wow. What a wonderful basis for diagnosing somebody. It's like, this is what the whole article was like. So, yeah, that's that's not how that works. I'm just saying, if I had all the money in the world, I'd probably have a whole trampoline room in my house. Yes. Why would you not? Exactly. Why would you not? That just seems logical to me and something that a smart person like Bill Gates would do. Yes. But then you also have this world of people self-diagnosing themselves, which is a whole nother issue. Yes, I agree. Because then you have people like Jerry Seinfeld, who, which, to be fair, what he actually said was that after seeing a play about autism, he felt that on a very drawn-out scale, he may be somewhere on the spectrum. Which then the internet ran with, with himself diagnosing himself. Which, yeah, he, you know, mm. there, there's a difference between autism and racism, but <laughs> it, it's one of those things of it's a very common, maybe everybody's a little bit on the spectrum. Right. Which isn't exactly how this works, but actually Dan Harmon, who created um, Community and Rick and Morty, he actually, I'm going to play a clip right here because he has a really nice thing to say about this. There are people that we call kleptomaniacs, but we all know what it feels like to want to steal something. Um, there are people that we uh, that we call stutterers, but we've all been tongue-tied. Uh, so, you, a character like Abed, or a, you know, so like yeah, we the thing that they represent is the part of us. All of us feel like weirdos. We all are kept in line by our terror of uh, uh, being outcast. But Dan Harmon is another well-known self-diagnosis story because. When he was researching the character of Abed, which is one of the best representations as a main character on television without it, like, being about the fact that he's got some sort of disorder, that it's just a character. While he was researching Abed, he kind of realized that he shares a lot of these traits, took a couple online tests, but at the same time, he's very self-aware of the fact that Self-diagnosis is not a thing to be, like, it's very frowned upon. And he is very, very much aware of whether or not he... I, I don't know where I'm going with this sentence. I'll probably... I'll play another clip here. Mm-hmm. Just because... Did, did you watch this interview? Because it was, like, he said some really wonderful things. I did not. When I checked the notes this morning, this was brand new on there, and I hadn't had oh. time to watch it yet. And I also don't watch Community. So I have no point of reference. Shame. I know. As I said, I just, I just didn't want to do wrong by these people. And uh, so I, I, I researched this thing just to make sure I never did something like have Abed say he loves pickles 
And then it's like everybody knows that nobody with any form of mild autism or any spectrum disorder, okay, you can't stand any briny food or cucumber-based product. I, I, now he blew it. I have snot. Now, I'm... now um, speaking of Abed, though, um, there is a actually a weird disconnect about diagnosing fictional characters. And this is something that you, you tend to have two groups of people. You have the groups of people who want to diagnose every fictional character. And then you have the other group of people that is just like, no, they're fictional. They cannot be diagnosed. Therefore, the only way they can be diagnosed is if their creator says that they are autistic. And so then you have, like, Sheldon Cooper, who most people think has Asperger's, but he's not officially diagnosed, and none of the creators are doing it on purpose, so it's really disconnected and really is just a really bad stereotype. Right. Which is something that you tend to see of, like, your stereotypical nerd and autism being kind of conflated together. Mm-hmm. That's a... yeah. But then you have Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock, in which there was a conscious decision at one point that he should be on the spectrum. And then you also have characters like Julia from Sesame Street and Carl from Arthur that are very much definitely on the spectrum and are put there for the purpose of education. That's like a whole other separate thing. There's layers. 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 Like an ogre. Mm-hmm. Or an onion. <laughs> Or a parfait. Mm, much tastier option. Ogres are like onions. Tomato, tomato. No! Parfaits <laughs> and onions are not tomato, tomato. <laughs> According to Shrek, it is. Okay. <laughs> um, so, all of this is to get to two specific Harry Potter characters that I want to talk about. First one being Luna Lovegood. Luna Lovegood is one of those first major characters that people on the spectrum very much associated with and was very much diagnosed by the community even though, you know, it wasn't on purpose. There wasn't any actual evidence that she was anything other than just weird especially then when you meet her father and he's just as weird yeah and so so luna's kind of that weird she's probably not really autistic but people on the spectrum really like her because of how much they relate to her but then on the other hand you have newt scamander and there was there was a lot of speculation when the first movie first came out about his portrayal and whether or not he w had high-functioning autism. And Eddie Redmayne actually did an interview where he said that after talking to J.K. Rowling, he actually did make that conscious decision that he did have Asperger's, but this is a time period where it would never be diagnosed. Right. So it's just a very subtle characteristic thing that he does that is very accurate to the character and feels very natural, but again, is not something where it's like brought to the forefront for any reason whatsoever. And I love that. He's just newt. Just newt. So, 
that brings me to kind of the reason I wanted to talk about this subject in the first place. So, when we first had the idea for this podcast, one of the things that I was struggling with was whether or not we would do a reread through of the series looking for non-existent metaphors of autism. It's something I was like, it felt like a very natural thing to do, but at the same time, a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so, to kind of help with this, I decided to reach out to our friends over at Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. And I wrote a really long paragraph that I'm not going to read because she kind of summarizes it. But I asked the question of whether or not there is benefit to looking for metaphors where they don't belong and whether or not this could be a good way to proceed. And Vanessa has ever so graciously provided us with a wonderful answer. So we'll play that now. Hello, Spew. This is Vanessa from Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Um, You wrote me with a really interesting question, which was basically asking me whether or not I think it is fair to see metaphors in the Harry Potter text or in any text, um, and whether it's okay to diagnose somebody as neurodiverse in the Harry Potter books. And here is the rule that we use when treating a text as sacred. So I know that there is... Um, contention within various communities about whether or not to diagnose characters, fictional characters. This comes across in all sorts of areas. There's, it's also true of authors, right? Or people who have been, um, in people in politics, right? Whether or not we should diagnose Donald Trump. And my rule is that in fiction, nobody gets hurt. And so as long as it gets you, the reader, better at loving, better at being loving to yourself, loving to your neighbors, a better person in the world, if that metaphor of, of thinking of a character is having a similar, um, a, a similar attribute to you is helpful, um, then I think do it. It is a victimless crime and in fact can really help us feel seen um, by reading these things into people. So I say, go for it. If it gets you better at loving, do it, do it up all the way. Thanks so much for sending in this question and good luck with the podcast. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for that. That's absolutely what I needed to hear for this plan. And I, I, I do think maybe not right away, but going forward, we should explore this option of actually reading them and looking for these non-existent metaphors. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Vanessa. Um, at this time, we're going to take a little break. We're going to go visit our, our friends over at Gringotts. But before we do that, what house was Newt's commander in? We'll be right back. This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Gringotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. And we're back. So, Lavender, what house was Newt's commander in? I'm, I'm probably going to get it wrong. Oh, come on. I think he was a Ravenclaw. No! Was he a Gryffindor? 
No. Well, dang. Hufflepuff. Dang. It was a tie between Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw for my first answer. Dang it. Why did you not just know that? All right, let's go to our owl mail. We have a very nice letter sent in here. Uh, Lavender, you want to read this one? Sure. Hello, Queerness and Lavender. Although I've read all the Harry Potter books and watched all the movies, my question today is not about the Potterverse, but whether or not to get diagnosed. Since Queerness is directing the complete works of Shakespeare abridged, maybe I should phrase it to get diagnosed or not to get diagnosed. I'm 48 years old, and only in the last two years have realized I have some OCD tendencies. And doing research to help me deal with these issues, more specifically how my compulsions impact personal and professional relationships, I stumbled on the concept that OCD can be a symptom of Asperger's syndrome, and that led me to take some online evaluations all of which concluded I am on the spectrum. Now this realization helps me to make sense of a lot of aspects of my life, but I'm also aware that I am not really diagnosed and could be deluding myself. With that being said, should I seek an evaluation to see if I am indeed on the spectrum and do I have OCD? If so, how do I approach this? I do not have a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a doctor and have no medical need to do this, just curiosity. Do I walk in and say hi? You don't know me, but can you please evaluate me to determine if I have any diagnoses that should be brought to my attention? Anyhow, I wanted to know, but don't know if there's a real reason to do this. I guess knowing for sure would help me focus my interpersonal efforts in a more informed way. Can you please help me and advise the best way to approach seeking a diagnosis? Thank you for your time and for a great podcast. Sincerely, James. All right. Um, so this is... An interesting question that I don't know if either one of us can really be the best answer, but being diagnosed as an adult is something that is very difficult and time-consuming. It's something that is generally diagnosed as a child because it is considered a developmental disorder, and so as an adult, it tends to manifest itself more as OCD and anxiety. So if you are having issues with those types of things that are affecting your ability to function as a adult, that may be something to have looked into, but I wouldn't think that necessarily being specifically diagnosed on the spectrum would have any real benefit there. I agree, Queerness, and I've been thinking about this ever since you know, we got this howler, um, and I think you put it very eloquently. Um, I don't really see the real benefit of being diagnosed on the spectrum this late in life, but I agree if you're having umbrella issues that you think were stemming from that, I would seek help for those, because in the end, those are going to be the most impactful to your everyday life, and that those would be the quote-unquote issues that you would want to address. Thank you, James, for the lovely owl mail. Really appreciate it. If you would like to send us some owl mail, you can send it to spewcast at gmail.com. If you would like to send us a howler, you can call us at 407-706-SPEW. That's 407-706-7739. 
Alright, let's move on to the Daily Prophet. So, I'm gonna start off with a series of not news. <laughs> Among this not news is a headline about J.K. Rowling granting permission to chop down trees surrounding a 17th century Edinburgh mansion. Upon reading this article, what is actually happening here is she has hedges surrounding her house instead of a fence. The hedges are getting large and the city council has asked her to cut them down, so she is taking action with a tree surgeon. <laughs> that is the whole story. That is not news. That is not news, I'll agree. <laughs> also in not news, Ariana Grande was wearing an $8 Slytherin headband. She looks like a Slytherin. <laughs> um, Clickhole, the terrible clickbait website, created a fake Twitter thread in which... J.K. Rowling revealed that Ron, after graduating from Hogwarts, is fired from his job for calling Busy Phillips a mudblood on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know who Busy Phillips is. Or Bussy Phillips? Busy. It's Busy Phillips. She's an actress. Ah. Okay. Wow. Well, that wasn't real either. Deep fake. Okay. And there was reports circulating earlier this last month that the WB was in early stages of a prequel TV series set with new characters. Official spokesperson says there is no plans to develop the Harry Potter stories into a TV series at this time. Any reports are speculative. I hope so. So, this is a thing that keeps getting circulated every six months or so. Yeah, don't believe the clickbait, people. So that's our not news. I don't know if that's going to be a new segment, but there was a lot of it this time. <laughs> Funko has announced a strategy board game called Funkoverse that has some pop culture franchises in it. There's not much known about this yet, except prior to the announcement, a placeholder page for the Harry Potter set of this game showed up on the Walmart website. Hmm. So that's a thing that appears to be possibly happening. Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure is still having crazy hours. <laughs> Um, they have decided to switch. They had been opening late in the day so that they could do maintenance in the morning and then running really late at night. Now they're going to open it with the park so that they can get people in the morning and then close the ride early so that they can do regular maintenance at the regular time. They underestimated us in our devotion. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe was on the show Who Do You Think You Are? Which I'm guessing is much more popular in England than it was here. I'm not sure it's still on here. I don't think it is. But he discovered that his great-grandfather had a jewelry shop in central London that had 250,000 pounds worth of jewelry stolen from the premises. And the robbery was investigated. Police found no sign of break-in. So no crime was actually recorded. So he ended up killing himself and they, the police report decided it was a bogus claim put forward for fraudulent insurance claims. But the most shocking part of this is this insane quote from the police report. In general terms, he is a Jew and Jews are so frequently responsible for bringing down their own business premises and theft so-called committed in their offices. Oh, wow. Okay. That's terrible. 
Yeah. And he found this all out on the show. Yes. That's terrible. There was a fire at the Warner Brothers studio Mm. in England. They're having a lot of issues there. Yeah, so we've read. The public tour area is still open and it was unaffected. The, um, I'm not exactly sure who she was, but one of the bosses at Rowling's charity Lumos has left her post after um, saying there was management and cultural issues including borderline bullying and nepotism. Um, J.K. Rowling has been made aware and has supported the actions of the board. Whatever that means. It means she doesn't want to get too involved. (laughs) Uh, Salt Lake City is going to host the Quidditch World Cup in 2021. So exciting. This is the first West Coast city or... Okay. Something like that to host it. I wouldn't say West Coast, but eh, all right. West half of the country? Yeah, there you go. Western. Over there. <laughs> Not the South. <laughs> way, way down yonder. Yeah, I was about to say over yonder. Oh, and that's exactly what they say. We are thrilled to be the first Western host site of the U.S. Quidditch Cup, a one-of-a-kind exciting event for both players and attendees, says Chris Laughlin. Wings of an angel. What? <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin? Oh, I see where you <laughs> went with that now. But it wasn't McLaughlin, it was just Lachlan. I don't hear the difference. Missing the Mac. Lego is releasing a hardcover book titled Magical Guide to the Wizarding World and features scenes and characters to craft from Legos. Another first edition of Philosopher's Stone has been found. (laughs) Another one. (laughs) Another one. Uh, This one was bought for roughly a dollar at a yard sale. Okay, yeah. Um, Dragons are coming to Harry Potter and Wizards Unite. It'll be a fan festival in Indianapolis August 31st through September 1st, and that's where they will debut. The Common Welsh Green. Yeah, every time I find an article about this, they have, like, chosen a different dragon to put in the middle of this sentence. Well, yeah. Moving on to autism news. You want to talk about this comic book from, like, four years ago? Is it that old? Yeah. But. The story I put in here was from 2019. Well, and here's the interesting thing. The, the, the one that you put in here about face value, this is an older one that's been around for a while that you keep bringing up. However, there is a new comic book um, that I believe the first issue is out and another issue coming out in September, I believe, called The Ables and is about superheroes with disabilities. I didn't really look too much into it. Authors from Nashville. That's pretty cool. So, long story short, we have, we have autism in comics. Yeah. And I think it's pretty cool. I'm a big manga fan, personally. Gross, you call it manga. That's how it's supposed to be said. If I were to say manga, I'm sure we'd get I'd get called out by a listener or something. It's pronounced anime, not manga. No. <laughs> so let's talk about Hiki guys. This is pretty new. I think it's a cool concept. So it's a, it's a dating and friendship app for the autistic community. It launched publicly last month. 
uh, July 16th. Let's see, and the thing I really find interesting about this is the design team for it included a neurotypical peer and a peer with autism, or on the spectrum. And the creator of this, he holds weekly feedback sessions with his advisory team, which is apparently a five-person advisory team. And that includes two people on the spectrum and then three special education teachers. That's good. I liked it. And it all started because creator has a cousin who is on the spectrum who's a little older and just told him that it was hard to make friends and that an app would be really useful. So it's not just like for dating. It's just to meet people and give them a little online pre-screening before you meet with them and see if you guys would, you know, like to hang out. I think it's a cool concept. Yes, it's like internet stalking, but for people on the spectrum, it's good and important. Mm, Not stalking. Be responsible on the internet, guys. How do you know if you're going to hate the person if you don't stalk them first? You don't stalk them, you just message them a little bit and see if you guys have, you know, a similar sense of humor. So, the Interactive Autism Network, IAN, is ending its operations. This was a early research initiative um, by this guy who has moved on to create Spark. And so Spark is kind of replacing this, but IAN is now officially ending. And we've talked about that in a previous episode, I believe. If not, Yeah, we, we've yeah. talked about Spark before. Yeah. So it's not so much that it's ending. I think it, I mean, it, it is technically ending, but it's just being absorbed by Spark, isn't it? Uh, probably. Yeah. I didn't really read it. I doubt they just throw out all that research just because it's not called Ian anymore. BBC has launched a new show called Pablo. Pablo. Is about a five-year-old on the spectrum. It's a cartoon. It's supposed I... to be very groundbreaking. It's gotten a lot of, um, it's gotten a lot of praise. Oh, there's a picture of a giraffe. I like giraffes. Everybody likes giraffes, queerness. And a dinosaur. Giraffe and a dinosaur. I was about to say, I thought I saw a dinosaur. All right. In the UK, the Minister of State for Disabled People has confirmed that the government is wanting to start recording the number of autistic people in work for the first time. Very good. Jolly good. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed fitting. We're going to lose our 14% UK listeners. No, you guys. We don't mean any harm by it. In Carmel, New York, there was a um, autistic student with sound hypersensitivity named Jack Higgins, who um, was in the high school's PACE program, which um, I guess he was in an eight-year program and has now officially graduated from high school. But the wonderful thing about this is the entire auditorium actually went completely silent so that he could come in, take his diploma and leave, and everyone did quiet golf claps and finger waves. I love that. And this month we have one other piece of owl mail that we would like to share with you if you would read that, Lavender. Yep, and we are going to change the listener's name by her request. So the email says, hello, my name is Lily. 
and I'm a special education teacher. I stumbled upon your podcast a few weeks ago, and I've really enjoyed it. I love Harry Potter as well as teaching at a day school for students with special needs, so your podcast is a perfect fit. I do have a question from your February 14th episode about the new protocol Abby Cadabby was starting to help with gut inflammation. I couldn't quite catch what it was called, and I've been trying to search for more information without any luck. I wanted to read up on it to see if there was some information I might be able to pass on to some of my students' families who might benefit from talking to their doctors about it. I have students who have also tried gluten-free, dairy-free diets without much change, and I thought looking at the protocol that was mentioned might be helpful. Would you be able to provide an update on how it's been working for Abby and maybe some more information on it? Thank you so much, and I look forward to listening to more episodes. Best regards, Lily. Well, thank you Lily. for reaching out to us. I'll be very brief here. I don't want to go too much into it just because it is a medical protocol and neither Queerness or I are medical professionals. But what we're doing is called the NIMCHEC protocol. And I'm going to spell it out because it took me a little bit to find it. It's N as in Nancy, E-M as in Mary, E-C-H-E-K. We might also be able to put something on some of our social media just explaining it. It's just an all-natural protocol that helps with gut inflammation, and I highly recommend you do look into it and uh, talk to the parents about it. It's cheap, it's inexpensive, and it's just natural supplements that really can't hurt anybody. It's just fish oil, um, some carefully sourced olive oil, and possibly something called inulin. But that one's iffy. So definitely do your research and thanks for reaching out for more information on it. And if you have any further questions, I'd be happy to help if you send us uh, if you send us any more requests. If you would like to follow us on social media, our Twitter is at Spectrum People. Our Facebook is Facebook.com slash SpewCast. And our Instagram is at SpewPod. You can send us howlers by calling us at 407-706-SPEW. That's 407-706-7739. Or send us some more owl mail, spewcast at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Joan Burr for our theme music. And until next time, I'm Queerness. I'm Lavender. And as Luna Lovegood says, Don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Bye.